Welcome, everyone, to the new 1001 Sherlock Holmes Stories podcast. Here you'll find a collection of Sherlock Holmes adventures, as well as the best of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's stories. Some from our archives at 1001 Classic Short Stories and 1001 Stories for the Road, and some newly produced, all here for your entertainment. present the stories of Sherlock Holmes. A friend in need. I was doing very nicely in my practice and thinking of going into partnership with an old medical colleague. His name was Royston. I'd met him on several occasions and knew he was engaged upon opening up a medical centre in one of the poorer parts of London. I didn't think twice about the authenticity of the proposal. One Tuesday, I called at a very grim and rather dilapidated building called Westley, just off the river. I was totally unprepared for my reception, for instead of meeting my old friend, I was shown into a small anteroom. It was dark. I couldn't see properly. Before I knew what was happening, hands seized me from behind. I struggled valiantly, and then a violent blow against the side of the head caused me to gasp. Stars swam before my eyes, and I lost consciousness. Couldn't have been easier. See him falling for it like that. Yeah, you'd think anyone who'd associated with Sherlock Holmes would be a bit more careful. What's the next step? We get him out and into a cab. Drive him to the boss's nursing home. From then on, it's nothing to do with us. They're not thinking of knocking him off, are they? Uh, I mean, it's not murder. No, the idea is to hold him as hostage, that's all. This is the one way of getting at Holmes. Those two have been buddies for years. If anything can tempt Holmes out into the open, this is the man. Come on now, pop him up. Yeah. He'll be coming round soon. We want to have him safe and sound by then. Uh, it's not going to be easy getting him into a cab. He's a big bloke. No, bigger than I am. Uh, we'll switch clothes. I'll carry the doctor's bag and it'll look like we're helping a patient down. Yeah. Uh, uh, here we are. Check the street. Yeah, looks all clear. Getting just gas slams on on yet. But there's more than a bit of fog gathering. Yeah, what's you? Come on. No, not talk. Get him on his feet. Right. He'll be able to put one foot in front of the other. By the time he comes to, he'll be in the nursing home with no idea of where he is or how he got there. Come on. You support him under one arm, and I'll take the other. Here we go. Hurry now. So that's the position, Lestrade. Watson is missing, and there's no trace. As you know, this is completely unlike him. I'm quite certain something's happened. He would never have remained silent if it had been possible for him to get a message to me. Hmm. Might have met with an accident. Have you tried the hospital? Well, yes, of course. Watson's well-known in most of the local hospitals. There's no report of anyone answering to his description being found. And what do you think it's all about? Uh, well, I'm afraid I take it very seriously. This could be someone's way of getting at me. At the moment, there seems very little we can do except wait. 
But I should appreciate your help. Of course. Of course. Anything I can do. I need to carry out an investigation into a place in EC3. Now, all I have to go on is two names. One is Wesley and the other is Royston. Now, these were scrawled on a note that Watson must have left by accident on the hall stand when he was putting on his coat. Uh, can I have a couple of men and do a search of that river district? Of course. I'll do better than that. I'll even come along myself. What do you say to that? Now, this sudden fog is not going to make our task any easier, Holmes. No, but in a way, it's an advantage. One can remain more secretive in the heavy mists. Look, I think we're on the right track. That large building over there. Mm. Uh, I have a shrewd idea that it's empty. And I think... Yes. yes. Look here, see by the light of my dark lantern. The street is Wesley. Now, that building will be number five, and if it is, well, we're in luck. I might remind you that we don't have a search warrant. Oh, I'm afraid you're in plain clothes. I've no intention of letting all men swarm all over the building. Come on. I think there's bound to be a window open. I'll do the breaking and entering, and you can come in through the front door. Yes, sir. Nice and nice. If they could seat me at the yard now, I'd get a railroad telling off. What sort of place do you think this is, anyway? No, it's just a disused house. Strange. Now, why should Watson want to call here? Now, wait a moment. Look out here in the hall. There's signs of a struggle. A chair knocked over, movement in the dust. And uh, uh, hold the lantern up. Yes, look, smudges of mud. It's here, down by the wall. That looks like blood to me. Yes, I'm afraid the good Watson got into quite a bit of trouble here. You see this? It hasn't rained in these parts for some days, and yet this is that grey type of mud that's found near the river. And imprinted in the mud are leaves and small particles of petals. Well, this should tell us something. Holmes, do you seriously mean to say that Watson has been abducted? Well, it certainly looks like it, afraid. But why? That's the question. Watson hasn't got an enemy in the world. It can only be because of his connection with me. Yes, so who is behind all this? That's the question. What's the next move? Well, I don't think we can do a great deal tonight. If I'm right, then Watson will not be in any active danger until I've been approached direct. There will be an attempt to blackmail or coerce me in some way. I think we might well find something of interest if we question the cabbies who service this district. There can't be many of them on these routes. If Watson was abducted, he must have put up a struggle. He's a big man. Well, come on, Lestrade, let's get back on the street and see if any of your men have picked up any clue. Nothing to report, sir. The fog has settled in good and proper. Most folk have got themselves indoors by a good fire. Yes, something we'd all like. Now... Here comes a cab. Perhaps we should return to Baker Street and wait for events to develop. Uh, but just a moment. Uh, hello there, cabby. Not many fares on an evening such as this. Going off duty? Oh, that's about it, sir. Leading the old mare back to the stables. Can't see a thing in this. Are you a regular in these parts? Oh, that's right, sir. Been working this part of the city for near 20 years. Well, then you must know it like the back of your hand. Uh, tell me, have you in the last 24 hours had reason to convey a sick man... From that large house across the way there, number five. Oh, funny you should ask that. As a matter of fact, I did. Earlier on, there was a doctor and his assistant. He had a sick fellow with him. He was recovering from an accident. They bundled him in the cab and I took them south of the river. Place set back on its own grounds. They said it was a private sort of nursing home, sir. Why do you ask, sir? Well, because we're most interested in this accident. 
Uh, look here, I know it's a foul night and you're thinking of going home, but uh, could you find your way to this so-called nursing home? Oh, yes, yes, of course I could. Come on, up in, sir. It'll take a little time, but we'll manage it. Ah, good man. Now, there'll be a sovereign for your pains at the end of it. Now, send your men home to their beds this trade and jump in. the place where I dropped the doctor and the patient. That driveway. They say it leads up to the nursing home. Ah, thank you, Cabby. I think you can find this place again, Miss Spade. Yes, certainly I can. Quite right. easy. All right, well, that's what we're doing tonight. Uh, to attempt to enter there, we'll be showing our hand and perhaps putting Watson in further danger. Well, I suggest that we now drive back to Baker Street. I shall be very surprised if the next move doesn't come from our adversaries. Whoever's behind this has thought it out extremely carefully. Right, Gabby, uh, 221 Baker Street, and there's another sovereign for you if you can get us there before midnight. Oh, oh, Miss Jones. Oh, I'm so glad you're back, and you, Inspector. Oh, Mrs. Hudson, but why are you up and about at this hour? Well, I was worried about Dr. Watson and how you was getting on, and then I went into the kitchen to make myself a cup of tea. I spotted this on the front door, mat. It's a message, and it's from him. It's got to be. I recognize his handwriting anywhere. Oh, do open it, Miss Holmes, and set my mind at rest. He must be all right. Uh, uh, it's only a note, not a posted letter. It certainly looks like Watson's writing. Uh, uh, dear Sherlock, a reassuring note to say that I'm back in town and staying with an old friend, Dr. Hugh Royston, at his nursing home. I expect to be away for another couple of days on this most interesting development, John Watson. Oh, well, that's all right then, isn't it? No, 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 it isn't. It's far more right. Oh? Watson most certainly did not write this note. He's never called me by my first name in his life. This is practically an invitation to visit that nursing home that we traced to Strayed. And we must be careful. Watson's life is all important to me. But I'll never fall into a trap like this. Never. <laughs> No idea of where I was, and knew better than to attempt to open my eyes. There were two uncouth voices, and one cultured foreign one. Hey, your boss, delivered just like we promised. No trouble at all. Easy as pie. How long has he been like this? Oh, cool. Uh, several hours. Mm, then we can take no chances. He is here in the nursing home, but he is not to stay here. He must be moved, moved once again to his... Uh, final resting place. But just as an added precaution, I think a small injection into the right arm, a drug I use is most effective. He will not regain consciousness for over a day and a night. And now the syringe. Ah, yes, the skin is neatly punctured, so uh, no question of pain. Uh, ah, ah, caught him just in time. Now, in an hour's time, he will be moved. This time on a stretcher in a carriage ambulance, which you will drive. He will be taken to Bale's Wharf, the number one laboratory. I shall be there to arrange things. 
Will we then be paid off in full? No, your task is not yet complete. Then we have to await the arrival of Mr. Sherlock Holmes. After he's found Watson and is a fellow prisoner, you will be dismissed and it will all be over. You, you mean you're going to do them both in? The eventual outcome of these two men is really none of your concern. Well, we have given her hand, though. We're what is known as accessories after the fact or some such. Ain't that right? You are being handsomely paid. That is all that needs concern you. Well, I'm not so sure. If you get caught, then so do we. I shan't be caught, and neither will you if you will only keep your head and do as you're told. Now, enough of this. Come to our final preparations. There is no time to lose. Sherlock Holmes is a fast worker. Now that the overnight fog has disappeared, we must expect swift action. Come, enough of this chapter. Come, to work. Yes, I'm sorry to behave so strangely this morning, Lestrade, but I believe this is more difficult than I thought. It's clear to me that Watson has been abducted for the sole reason of trapping me. I've therefore not rushed in, but taken things slowly. And the first essential is to establish the true identity of this man, Dr. Hugh Royston. I've therefore taken an hour of early morning, looking him up in the London Medical Register. He does exist, and he lives in this street. And we're about to call upon him. Now, this way, up these steps. Yes, can I help you? Uh, my name is Sherlock Holmes, and this is Inspector Lestrade from Scotland Yard. Is it possible to see Dr. Royston for just a few minutes? Uh, please, do come in. I will inform Doctor that you have called. Thank you. Uh, excuse me. Well, this looks respectable enough, Holmes. Doesn't look much wrong here. No, I didn't think there would be. Uh, would you like to come through, please? The doctor will see you now. Uh, thank you. Sherlock Holmes... Uh, Great pleasure to meet you. You're a great friend of John Watson's, isn't that so? Please, won't you be seated and tell me what I can do for you? It's Watson himself. He has disappeared. The only clue we have is your name and address in Wesley Street, EC3. Precious, are you sure of this? Disappeared, you say? Extraordinary. You can throw no light upon this? For instance, when did you last see Watson? Some weeks ago. We'd been corresponding. I was rather keen to take a small nursing home in the East End and run it for hard-up people, the poor and delinquent. Watson agreed to consider this. The suggested site was at 5 Wesley Street, that rather derelict and seedy, run by a man called Henry von Bork. Von Bork? So he's the man behind all this. You know the man? Uh, only too well. One of the most treacherous spies in Europe. Yes, it's all becoming quite clear to me now. Von Bork is using Watson to lead me into a trap. Unfortunately, I cannot afford to ignore it. He will have no hesitation in killing Watson unless he thinks I am coming to the rescue. Thank you, Doctor. You've been a great help. Uh, come to the street. Uh, Royston told me what I wanted to know. I know Von Bork's mind. I know it's tortuous and arrogant. He's convinced that he can outwit me, and in order to save Watson, I shall have to allow him to think so. Well, why don't I get a search warrant against his home, and let's raid the place? The element of surprise is always good. This von Bork won't think you'd consider such a bold plan. Well, you may do that by all means if you wish to stray, but I, I don't think that is the answer to our problem. I'm prepared to believe that Watson was enticed into that nursing home, thinking he would meet the good doctor there. But I cannot think von Bork will keep him there. It's too risky. 
No, you'll have him removed. But but where to? Van Bork used to have offices in the dock area. You may recall that we thought he was using them in the smuggling case of the Blue Peter. Now, wait a moment. When we called at 5 Wesley Street, we found evidence of a struggle. Undoubtedly, that is where Watson was overpowered. Then I also observed grey mud, do you recall? Imprinted in the mud were leaves and particles of petals. Now, the flowering petals were autumn willow blossoms. Those trees only flourished down by the river. If I think I can trace the old offices that Von Bork used. If I'm right, then that's where they would have taken Watson. Seems to be taking a long shot to me, Holmes. Wouldn't it be better to stick to more orthodox methods? There's no, no time. Von Bork will be getting anxious. He's not going to hang around keeping Watson alive if he can't get at me. Now oh, I've got to move. The point is, Lestrade, are you still going to back me up? I've done so up till now. I'm not backing out when it comes to a crisis. Lead on, Holmes. I'm with you. Now, this is it, Lestrade. These are the offices. And I fancy Bork has been using them for experimental purposes. We have the appearance of being scientific laboratories. Doesn't look as though they're at all occupied. I think this way, round the side entrance. I know you do not approve of my method of entering premises, but needs must when the devil drives. Watson's always said that the police were lucky that I didn't choose a career in crime. I should be grateful for the best of them. Observe, I have a full set of burglars tools with me. Now, for instance, this door, although made of steel and padlocks, presents no problems. Something tells me I'm going to regret this. We're caught. It's demotion for me. No doubt of that. Oh, nonsense. Now, here. Watch. Ah. Ah, now, Tom. Come on, let's take a look. Listen, I can see why you think Watson should be shut away in a place like this. Quite dark. There's just packing cases. The workrooms must be through there. Ah. Ah, yes. This looks more like it. Fully equipped as a laboratory. Yes, we're on the right lines, all right. Look, wooden steps going down and footprints. Muffy footprints. Now, you see how staggered they are? Now, those are the sort of prints two men would make if they were carrying a, a stretcher. Come on, the straight. Now, here. Now, once our eyes go accustomed to the dark, and straight down right. There, in the corner. It is a stretcher. And it is Watson. By Jove, you're right, Holmes. What? Devil? The door. The top of the stairs. Closed. Caught, Holmes. Caught like a rat in a trap. I knew you would find Watson sooner or later. It's all worked out as I planned. It is useless to think you can't escape. And within 20 minutes you will both die. You see, for months I have been working on an explosive device which is triggered off by that iron bar door closing. Twenty minutes, Holmes. <laughs> Goodbye. What the devil? Holmes, we've fallen right into his hands. Explosive device. It must be here. Down by the stretcher. Aye, look at straight. Gun cotton, sulfuric acid, nitric acid. Look, look, help me to move, Watson. Right to the far corner. If there's only one chance, we must make our own explosive first. Quickly, Miss Craig. Now, right over here, by the fence. Now, come on, give me a hand. Prepared cotton. It has to be three parts sulfuric acid to one part of nitric acid. It will burn without explosion on ignition. 
but it's laid up by the iron door. With percussion, it goes up to about five times the power of gunpowder. Holmes, do you really know what you're doing? Oh, I'd better be right in the stage. Well, this really is a time for Herr Bork. Now listen, do exactly as I say and as swiftly as possible. Uh, take this. Captain. Right. Now, here. Now get right back. That's by the far wall. Cover Watson with anything you can to protect him. The percussion, when I trigger off, should blow the gate outwards. If it does, then we are safe. We grab the stretcher, get up those stairs as quickly as possible. You ready? Yes. I'm ready. Right, I'm nearly there, Well, Here it goes. Now, get down. We've done it. We've done it. Come on, come on. It was some hours later that I opened my eyes. My head ached and I could hardly see. But I was aware of familiar surroundings. The clean sheets under me and the softness of the pillow which smelt of lavender. I was in my own bed back in Baker Street. I tried to speak, but I couldn't. I knew that someone was in the room with me. A friend. A friend whom I knew very well indeed. Oh, Dr. Watson... I do believe you're coming round at last. Now, don't try to move or speak. Just lie there and close your eyes. You've had such a terrible time of it, but it's all over now. Mr. Holmes and Inspector Lestrade have got everything under control. They found you down somewhere by the river, brought you back more dead than alive. But you're all right. They've gone after the men who tried to kill you, and they'll get them. I'm sure they'll get them. Oh, surrounded, Holmes. No chance of anyone getting in or out of this so-called immersive home. This is what we should have done in the first place. Perhaps it would have meant sacrificing Watson, and that I was not prepared to do. All right, Lestrade, this is more your line of comfort than it is mine. Go ahead. Do it your way for now. Right, men, follow me. In we go. Well, I'll be... Not a sign. Nothing. Not a living soul in the place. Now, what do you make of that, Holmes? I'm hardly surprised. If Von Bork had been successful and killed Watson and me and you in his booby trap, then he wouldn't have wanted to stay around London to be questioned. Now, clearly this nursing home is just a blind. A hideaway until he carried out his plans. Well, I'd sooner it worked out like this. Watson is alive and Von Bork has escaped. But... He who fights and runs away lives to fight another day. I'll catch up with Von Bork, and when I do, it will be a fight to the death. Listen again next Sunday to The Stories of Sherlock Holmes, with Graham Armitage's Holmes and Kerry Jordan as Dr. Watson. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, 
You're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Well, Holmes, nearly there. Oh, look from the window, our first glimpse of the sea. I think of all the things I love, it's the sea breaking over the Cornish coast. You're a romantic at heart, Watson. And I'm not ashamed of it. I'm looking forward to two weeks walking, swimming and fishing, and you, Holmes, are to do exactly the same. You're actually tired out. As a doctor, I ought to complete rest. Well, from the plan you've just laid out, it seems to be quite the reverse. A very energetic holiday. I mean no studying and no getting involved in local criminal matters. Now, Watson, we're going to live at the Seagull Inn at Desert Point. Now, what possible crime could happen in such a remote spot? present the stories of Sherlock Holmes. Lizard Point. spring of the year 1897 that Sherlock Holmes' iron constitution showed some symptoms of giving way in the face of constant hard work of a most exacting kind, aggravated perhaps by occasional indiscretions of his own. But he was induced at last to give himself a complete change of scene and air. And so it was that we found ourselves in train for Lizard Point, the southernmost tip of Cornwall. A carriage was waiting at the Falmouth station, and I thoroughly enjoyed the long ride to the Seagull Inn. It was out of season, and I thought that perhaps we would be the only guests. However, there was another smart, foreign-looking gentleman signing the register. Please sign here, sir. Thank you. Will you be staying with us very long? I do not know. It it depends upon so many things. Uh, Perhaps a week. I shouldn't not think any longer... Is it convenient? Oh, are you? Bless you. Stay as long as you please. We aren't all that busy at this time of the year. Uh, room five. Just along the corridor. Shall I have someone take your things? Uh, no, no, that is not necessary. I can manage myself. Uh, there we are, then, sir. There's your keys. If you like to take half a cider in the bar, it's right there on the left. No, no, thank you. I, I drink only wine. Uh, perhaps you can tell me, is it far from here to the place known as Cliff House? About 20 minutes walk along the cliff path. Turn left at the top of the lane and follow the path. Can't miss it. Greystone building. Looks right out over the sea. It is owned by Mr. Adam Leach. Is that not so? That's right. 
Why, Adam's right there in the bar at this very moment. Ah, then perhaps I shall take a drink. Uh, after all, uh, thank you. Ah, good afternoon to you, good sirs. You must be the two gentlemen who made reservations. Uh, Sherlock Holmes and Dr. John Watson from London. That'll be right? Yes, that is correct. I'm Watson, and this is Sherlock Holmes. How do you how do you do, if you'd be so kind as to sign the register? Uh, you have rooms uh, 8 and 10, with a connecting sitting room between. Nice view, right out to see. Oh, thank you. That sounds ideal. Holmes? Oh, certainly. Uh, if you could have our cases taken to the rooms, I think Watson and I will take up a suggestion of a drink in the bar straight away. It's been a long and very tiring journey. Very sensible. I'll be joining you myself very shortly, once the wife comes off duty. <laughs> to the left there, gentlemen. No, thank you. Come on, Watson. I'll buy you your favourite cider. The bar of the Seagull Inn was obviously the gathering place of all the local residents of Lizard Point. There were not many in there when Holmes and I entered, but perhaps half a dozen. Behind the bar was a buxom Cornish woman, who I assumed, correctly, to be the landlord's wife. She was talking to a strong, middle-aged man, whose weather-beaten face was topped by a mop of the most luxurious silver hair I've ever seen. Uh... I won't be doing with it, Arthur. They know nothing their own mind, and he's too smooth, too clever by half. But nice and well-behaved, Adam. No one in these parts has anything against him. We was all young once, you know. Oh, i still be against it. Uh, oh, over to Now for that, you've got company. Oh, evening, gentlemen. What can I do for you? Two of your best, strongest ciders, please. Oh, come in for a first taste, have you? Well, I can tell you it's the best you'll ever get. You, the two gentlemen from London, will be staying here. That's right. We've just arrived. Well, have a good holiday. Not exactly the right time of the year, but you struck it lucky. Weather be that fine and hot the last week. Suppose it'll break with a storm sooner or later. There we are. Thank you. Uh, place it on the bill, Of course. I think you're wrong, you know, Adam. Why not try to get to know Mr. Mason better? Well, here's your much improved health, Holmes. What? Oh, oh, yes, 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 good health. Yes, uh, good evening. I, is it possible to have a glass of wine? Uh, well, yes, uh, we've got some French stuff, but uh, it's by the bottle only, you understand? Oh, yes, yes, uh, of course, uh, thank you. I'm on my way, good night, Oh, early are you? Night, Adam. Oh, uh, please, uh, excuse me, uh, Mr. Leach. Mr. Leach, you know me, my name is... Well... Strange things are going on here tonight. Who was that? A French gentleman named Jules Lebrun, who arrived in Paris quite recently and intends to return there once his business here is completed. Holmes, how can you possibly know that? You haven't even met the man. Uh, no, but I signed the hotel register after he did, and it's very easy to add up. Two and two make five, if you have any imagination at all. Ah. Oh, you were right, madame. Excellent cider. Evening, Martha. I didn't see Miss Leach go out. That's right. Oh, what a pity. I was hoping to have a word with him in here. Oh, if you ask me, I wouldn't bother him right now. He don't seem in none too good a humor. I'd play a waiting game if I was you. Slowly, don't you? You mentioned me. Aye. Well, he wasn't too friendly. Take it easy, my boy, and you'll stand a chance. Otherwise... Oh, I suppose I you're right. I'll have a pint of ale in my... Right you are. Oh, uh, meet Mr. Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson. Down from London, they be. This is Christopher Mason. Oh, good evening to you. You're on holiday, are you? Uh, yes, that's right. In a fine spot, it looks, too. Oh, Lizard Point is a rare place, and no mistake. Uh, take a turn up on the cliffs when the moon comes out. You'll see. It's like a fairy land. There you are, then. Oh, thank you, Martha. 
And here's to your good health, gentlemen. May you have a very pleasant stay. Cheers. Christopher Mason was an agreeable young man. He sat chatting to us for half an hour or so, and then the landlord came through to advise us that supper was ready. Afterwards, we took Christopher Mason's advice and strolled the cliffs. The moon was up, far out over the silver water. It was enchanting. That young man was right. The visual effect from here is amazing. Mm, breathtaking. I don't think I've seen anything like it. Well, that I take it is Cliff House. That's where... The man Adam Leach must live with his daughter. His daughter? Yes, of course. Christopher Mason is in love with her and the old man doesn't approve. That much of the scenario is clear already. Holmes, you'll never change. Here we are in a wonderland of scenic beauty and you're already more interested in the ordinary problems of the local people. Oh, come, come on. Let's walk back to the inn. Oh, you think I exaggerate, Watson? Then look carefully down there. There, on the beach path. Two lovers, if ever I saw a pair. No? I followed Holmes' pointing fingers. Yes, there, sure enough, was a man and woman held in tight embrace. Well, they had an ideal setting for their romantic evening. I wished them happiness. We turned, walked swiftly back to the inn, had a nightcap in the sitting room, and said good night. I think I slept better than I had in years. I know Holmes did, because he was still sound asleep when I rose to bath and shave. The morning was quite glorious. We decided upon a walk before breakfast. Glorious morning, Holmes. Yes, a really beautiful spot. And I'm glad you recommended this, Watson. Well, two weeks of this and you'll be a new man. Ah, look, we aren't the only ones about. Here comes that French gentleman. Uh, what's his name? Jules Lebrun. Yes, it seems he doesn't wish to greet us. He's turned and deliberately gone the other way. Probably. He's probably quicker back by the path he's taken... Shall we walk down to those rocks? Seems that they form a natural pool. Ideal for swimming, I should say. Yes, and someone has already made use of it by the look of things. Is that not Christopher Mason, a towel round his shoulders? He must have got up bright and early. Yes, and I think he's seen us. Yes, coming up this way. Hello there! Good morning. Good morning, Miss Holmes. Dr. Watson, what a lovely morning it is. Yes, makes one feel good to be alive. Oh, you been for a swim? Oh, just a quick tip right over there. Oh, you don't use that natural rock pool. Surely sure that's safe enough. Oh, yes, but I haven't got time this morning. I've got a, I've got a lot to do. Excuse me. Have a good day. Bye. <laughs> What's he in a hurry about, I wonder? Oh, Holmes, this is exactly right for both of us. Peace and quiet, fresh air, good food, no troubles at all. Well, come on. Let's step it up. Time danced a bit. Look at the colour of the water. It's all kinds of... Watson? Watson, you may not be correct in saying all is peace here. Look, there. There on the beach between the rocks. Great. Heavens, it looks like... Like a man's body floating face down. Quickly, Watson, quickly. Down here. On the beach. Drag him out and onto the shingle. Here. Uh, uh, right, right, right. I, I, no, no, come on, Vega. Uh, 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 that's it. 
heavens, come. Poor fellow, he's, he's dead, I'm afraid. That point you trying to revive him. Drowned, of course. No, not at all. It's the old man, Adam Leach. Killed by a vicious blow at the back of the head. Not the traditional blunt instrument either. Look at that wound. Surely it could only have been made by something like a pickaxe. For a long moment, I stood and stared at the dead man. I've seen some dreadful wounds upon the human body in my time, but never one of such a peculiar nature. It was, as Holmes said, the sort of injury that would be sustained by a blow from a pickaxe. I found it puzzling, but there was no time for speculation. We raised the alarm immediately. Men were summoned from the inn, and the body, covered in canvas, was removed to the local mortuary. The one and only police constable was summoned, and an urgent message sent to the police station in Falmouth. It seemed quite natural that Sherlock Holmes should take charge. It seems that you've all heard of the unfortunate death of Adam Leach of Cliff House. I must ask you all to remain calm. It is a most regrettable tragedy. One can only assume that he went for his usual morning swim and was overcome with cramp and, while floundering, crashed his head against the rocks and drowned. Aye. Adam, he always took a morning swim down there when the weather was good. Uh, like you say, Mr. Holmes, we must all be calm. Inspector Brendan from Falmouth will be here soon, and he'll take charge. Meantime, someone has got the tally bomb. Hey, poor girl. She'll be that outbroken. Yvonne, I take it as Adam's daughter. In which case, I think I should like to go up to Cliff House with you, Mr. Mason. You'll be anxious to be with the young lady when she hears the news, will you? Yes, of course I do not. Well, I just can't believe this. It's, it's, a, well, it's unreal. Yes, of course I, I must go to you, Ron. Right. A constable, perhaps you'll wait for the inspector. Come along. Let's get up to Cliff House. Yvonne Leach was a young, attractive girl. Well-spoken and neatly dressed. She was deathly pale, but in no way hysterical. Good morning. You are Mr. Sherlock Holmes, and, and you, Dr. Watson. Thank you for coming up here with Christopher. We can only say how sorry we are. It's a great tragedy. I've often warned Father about taking exercise so early in the morning. He was always an active man. Didn't seem to realize that he was no longer young. I suppose it was an accident, wasn't it, Mr. Holmes? Why should you think otherwise? Did your father have any enemies? None that I've been aware of until recently. Oh, he was not very likable in many ways. He had a vicious temper and always wanted his own way. He resented Christopher, for instance. There's no point in denying that. But father usually came round and compromised. It, it's going to be hard to, to think I shall ever see him again. I, I'm sorry. You said your father had no enemies until recently. What did you mean by that? Well, it started about six weeks ago. He received a letter from France. At least it had a French postmark. And from then he appeared strained, even frightened. And then, then last night he had an unexpected visitor. I was in my room. I didn't hear the man arrive, but I did hear voices coming from here, this room. I wondered who it was and if Father needed anything. So I left my room and came down here. I didn't enter because it was quite clear that they were quarreling. I heard Father say... You shan't get a penny. We're that not a penny. An unwise decision, Leach. You know that you will have to pay in some way or another. I think paying in money is better than paying with a year or so in jail, don't you? I refuse. Not a penny. I don't believe you have any evidence at all about what happened in Paris. In any case, that was so many years ago that no one will take the slightest interest in your feeble accusations. That I should not bet on. The families who suffered are still alive. 
They will remember. They will demand retribution. Whereas, uh, if you agree to the sale of the letters, then all will be peace and quiet once more. After all, what is a hundred pounds to a man like you? No. Huh? I say no. Here. Yeah. Look, the letters. Let's call it now. <laughs> you really are anxious to have the letters destroyed, aren't you? You don't think I'd be stupid enough to bring them with me tonight, do you? These are only the empty envelopes. No, I still have the letters, and they are still for sale. But now that I am sure you want them, the price goes up. I want 500 pounds now. What? A nice round figure. Oh. 500, and I promise you I will hand them over and leave for France by the next packet steamer. What do you say? I say get out. Take your blasted letters. Get out of my house and stay out. Or go on, do your worst. Get out of my sight while you're still alive. And if you ever set foot in this house again, I'll kill you. Very well. I will go. But you will live to regret this, Adam Leach. That is, if you continue to live at all. Good night. I was in the hall. I stepped back and concealed myself behind the curtains by the stair windows. I was able to see the stranger as he left. A tall, dark man, smartly dressed and top-hearted. Oh, Jules Lebrun, the foreigner from the Seagull Inn. I know it was. He's the only French-speaking visitor in these parts. This is most interesting. Well, thank you for telling me, Miss Leach. I think you'll be having a visit from Inspector Brendan of the Falmouth Police later on. I advise you to confide this to him. Very well. But I... I do not wish to cause more trouble. Whatever happens, it can't bring Father back, can it? I could tell that Holmes already scented a crime. As we walked slowly back to the inn, he hardly spoke. He studied the nature of the scenery, watched seabirds of all kinds wheeling their way high above the jagged cliffs, and paid particular attention to the nature of the rocks that formed the pool where old Adam was found. Uh, no, no, it couldn't have been an accident, Watson. You mean the man wasn't drowned? Oh, no, a post-mortem will show that he was killed by a tremendous blow on the back of the head. It was not caused by crashing against the rocks. If that had been so, the body would have shown signs of cuts and bruises all over. But there wasn't another mark on him. The puzzling thing is that the blow must have been caused while he was in the water. Now, now the water in that pool is deep, we know that. It was hard for us to get at him and pull him out. Yes, within a matter of a few paces, the bottom falls away by several feet. But, Holmes, if the man was swimming, and he would have had to have been, how could anyone have delivered a blow to the back of his head? The wound was actually at the base of the skull. Exactly. Well, it means that if he was swimming when it happened, he, he would have had to be swimming underwater. Yes, exactly. Yes, this case grows more interesting the more one studies it. But could, could anyone have... Have thrown anything like a, a, a spear, a fisherman's gap. Oh, can't see where they could have thrown it from. No, no, I don't think that's the answer. I have a theory. It's just a theory, but well enough of the speculation. Let us return to the inn and see if the good inspector has arrived. The inspector had arrived and was in the process of interviewing the local inhabitants. None of them could throw any light upon the tragedy. All gave testimony to the rather violent character of the dead man and agreed upon his physical strength and habit of taking regular early morning swims in that particular part of the beach. Then the inspector was told by the landlord that Jules Lebrun, who had said he might wish to stay for a fortnight, had requested his bill. He wished to leave immediately. I wish to leave. 
Why I have shortened my stay here is really no one's business but my own. I go back to Paris as soon as possible. Ah, uh, well, I suppose we can't stop you, Monsieur, but I'd be grateful if you could answer a few questions. Um, the dead man, Adam Leach. You knew him? No. Uh, that is uh, only slightly. I, I had some business dealings with him years ago. I, I came into the bar last night. He was just leaving. I followed him out into the lane. We greeted each other, had a few moments' conversation, and then, uh, then we parted. I have not seen him since, and know nothing about how he was drowned. He was not drowned, monsieur. He was killed by a blow at the base of his skull. Good morning, Inspector. I'm Sherlock Holmes. And this man is lying. He came here for the express purpose of blackmailing Adam Leach. He went up to Cliff House last night, and there was a violent quarrel between the two men. His daughter, Yvonne, overheard the whole affair. He ended by threatening to kill Leach. He was also on the beach this morning, shortly before Watson and I found the body. Oh, is that so? Well... In which case, I'm afraid I shall have to insist that you do not leave here, monsieur. On the contrary, I'll have to take you in. You'll have to come to Falmouth for questioning right away. Oh, this is ridiculous. I, I deny it all. I, I, you cannot hold me against the my... The broom was led away protesting vehemently. Holmes seemed quite satisfied. And when the carriage taking the Frenchman left for Falmouth, Holmes went with it. He didn't ask me to come with him, and I knew this was one of those occasions when he wished to be alone. I didn't mind. The sudden tragedy had put a blight upon the day. I decided upon a long walk across the cliffs to clear my mind and restore my spirits. And by the time I got back, it was late in the afternoon. To my amazement, I found Holmes, the inspector, and Christopher Mason in the kitchen of the inn. A large side of ham stretched on a table. Holmes was in the process of tying something to the ham. Ah, Watson, good. There are some time to witness an experiment that may clear up our mystery. Perhaps what is this? There is a sizable chunk of ham pinned down to a plank of wood, and, and you're now tying a fish on the top of the ham. Yes, quite. It appears a most bizarre mess, doesn't it? But come, I think this is ready. Now, we shall take ourselves down to that rock pool, and I will show you how Adam Leach was killed. Come. <laughs> Now, you see, we float this strange contraption out into the calmer waters of this large rock pool. Now, you see, it floats just below the surface. Only the silver glint of the fish appears visible. Come, stand way back. Way back, and wait, and watch. Now, look here, Mr. Holmes. This is some kind of joke. Not at all. The local man, you must surely have guessed at the solution. Might I remind you of two things? Adam Leach, although an elderly man, was mightily strong. He used to do a great deal of underwater swimming. The sitting room of his house is filled with precious shells gathered from the bottom of the sea. He dived many times, searching with his head just below the surface of the water. He had a mane of white hair, did he not? It must have screamed behind him as he swam. And from way above could look exactly like the fish out there in the calm waters. Now, now look, look at the sky. <laughs> Birds swimming around. But are they? A whole different type. Yes, but one in particular, the cormorant. The bird fisher. That dives at incredible speed down like a hawk, only much faster and with far more strength. It crashes through the waves and takes the fish in its beak. If anything stands in its way, well, uh, uh, look. Now, uh, look. Where is your killer, Inspector? Thank you.
It was some hours later that, back at the inn, Holmes went over the whole case again in detail. We had all assumed that Adam Leach's death had been part of the local intrigues. His daughter's forbidden love affair, the treacherous blackmailing of Jules Lebrun. But it simply wasn't so. I've always said, Watson, that when everything else has been ruled out in a case, whatever is left, however impossible, must be the answer. In this case, no one could have delivered that death blow. We've seen from examining the side of hand that the gash caused by the enormous beak of the diving cormorant was exactly the same as the wound at the base of the dead man's neck. Oh, it's quite the most extraordinary death I've ever heard of, Holmes. You know, I, I'm glad it wasn't murder, as I thought. Justice will be done. Lebrun will be let off with a warning. And Yvonne Leach will doubtless marry Christopher Mason. And we, my dear Watson, will be able to resume our holiday. And now, enjoy it to the full. Listen again next Sunday to The Stories of Sherlock Holmes with Graham Armitage as Holmes and Kerry Jordan as Dr. Watson. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.